If you're new to the world of credit cards, things are about to get real. I'm here to give you the unfiltered truth about how these little pieces of plastic work, what benefits they offer, and how to use them responsibly so that they work for you, not against you. This is Your Money on Easy Mode with Damien from the PSA. My name is Damien, and I spread financial knowledge that puts your money on easy mode. I'm that weird friend of yours who obsesses over credit card sign-up bonuses, high-yield savings account interest rates, and index fund expense ratios. In today's episode, we'll learn from senior citizens how to survive on just Social Security. Then we'll dive deep into how credit cards work and how to use them responsibly. Finally, I'll show you how to get a refund when the price of an item you purchase drops. And now for some headlines. A recent Wall Street Journal article revealed that one in seven seniors depend on Social Security for practically all of their retirement income. I know what you're thinking. How do they survive? Well, they have to make big sacrifices. Tiny budgets, downsized homes, and leaning on family. It's not exactly living large. In 1940, when the program was new, Social Security replaced just over 20% of a typical worker's income at age 65. Congress has enhanced benefits over the years, and that figure rose to about 50% in the early 1980s. Today, it stands at just under 40%. The average monthly Social Security check is about $1,900. I'm going to read the profile of one of the seniors who was interviewed for this article. Eric Miller never wanted to leave the kitchen. The professional chef thrived on the intensity of restaurant life, often working 12-hour days six to seven days a week. A heart condition landed him in the hospital about seven years ago. After that, he had no choice but to hang up his knives. Now 70, Miller says he was unprepared for sudden retirement, financially or otherwise, in part because he never planned to stop working. At the height of his career, he earned about $2,000 a week. Now, his monthly Social Security check brings in about $1,400. He rents the basement of his sister's home for about $500 a month, including electricity. His other main expenses include food, gas, and insurance. His six heart medications are largely covered by social services. About 17 years ago, he moved to Arizona to care for his aging mother as her dementia and Alzheimer's worsened. When she had a stroke, he took a nearly two-year career break to help care for her full-time until she died. He eventually moved back to Virginia, where he worked for a few more years. Though money is tighter than he would like, Miller is proudly debt-free. He paid off more than $12,000 in credit card debt this summer with the help of nonprofit financial counseling agency Greenpath Financial Wellness. He also got relief from his roughly $100,000 in medical bills for his four heart procedures, thanks to the hospital's charity. I feel a lot less stressed, he said. In retirement, he embraced budgeting for the first time, regularly tracking his spending in a spreadsheet. I work on my budget religiously, he said. Some months, he has about $150 left over, which usually buys him food that he particularly likes, such as chicken and vegetables. All right, that's the end of Eric's story. Boy, I really like this. I think it illustrates a common situation that many seniors find themselves in nowadays. 
Unfortunately, Social Security won't cut it to give you everything you need to have a comfortable retirement. So Eric has had to rely on charity from a hospital, other social services to help pay for his medications, and also family that he's moved in with and is giving him reduced rent. So please think about your retirement. Think about your employee-sponsored retirement plans, meaning your 401ks, in order to put money aside today so that you can have a comfortable retirement. If your employer offers a match, they'll usually match say three to 6% of what you put into your 401k, be sure to contribute up to at least that match. Otherwise you are bypassing free money. In addition to an employee sponsored plan, you should look into an individual retirement account, commonly known as an IRA, so that you can put money aside yourself, independent from your employer, that will be growing for you that you can use when it comes time for retirement. Let's get to the main story. Okay, our main story today is focused on a listener question. Let's listen in. Hi, I've really been enjoying your podcast. It has made me think more about my relationship with money. Thank you. Growing up, I always had the opinion <laughs> that credit cards were bad, so I should try to not use them as much as possible. Me too. Um, but listening to your podcast about different types of credit cards and the perks that you can get by using them, I have been rethinking that thought process of not using my credit card very often. Do you use your credit card for every purchase? And when you go to pay off your credit card each month, do you pay all of it off at once? Or do you pay off each purchase that you make after you've made it? Mm. Any help would be great. And thank you so much again for your awesome podcast. Eden, thanks. Those are awesome questions. If you would like to ask me a question, go to thepsa.co slash voicemail, and you can leave me a message there. All right, let's get to the question. I also grew up with the teaching that credit cards are bad, and this isn't necessarily an incorrect teaching. It's actually great advice for people who have a tendency to overspend. However, once you've mastered budgeting and are able to spend within your means, then credit cards offer many perks. So in our main segment, let's talk about the basics of credit cards, how they actually work, how to use them responsibly to make sure that you never pay interest. First up, what exactly is a credit card? Now, I know we're starting out super basic here, but not everyone is starting on the same page. A credit card is a small loan that you use to make purchases. The card issuer, who is usually a bank, sets a credit limit. That limit is the maximum amount of debt that you can take on on that card. When you use your card, you're borrowing money that you agree to pay back later under the cardholder terms and conditions. Credit cards are different from debit cards in that a debit card pulls cash right out of your checking account and a credit card transaction goes to your credit report as a loan that must eventually be repaid to the credit issuer. So how do credit card transactions work? 
When you make a purchase with your card, here's what happens behind the scenes. After you swipe, the merchant sends an authorization request to your card issuer to verify your credit limit and your current account status. That request then goes through the relevant credit card network, could be Visa, MasterCard, Amex, etc. Then your card issuer approves the transaction by putting a hold on your available credit. So the transaction amount gets applied against your available credit and reduces your available credit. After a while, the funds are eventually transferred from the issuing bank to the merchant. And then your monthly statement includes this transaction in your balance due. So as you can see, there are a lot of steps that occur behind the scenes when making a purchase. Next up, let's talk about some important dates. When it comes to making sure that you pay your credit cards on time and don't accrue any interest charges, there are two important dates. The first is your statement closing date, and the second is your payment due date. Your statement closing date marks the end of your credit card's monthly billing cycle. This is not the same as your due date, which comes later. The closing date is when the issuer tallies up all the charges for the current cycle, meaning the current month, and prepares to send you the bill. You can think of it like the financial finish line for that month's transactions. After the closing date passes, any new purchases will get lumped into the next billing cycle. Your payment due date for a given monthly billing cycle comes days or weeks after the statement closing date. The period in between the closing date and the due date is known as the grace period where no interest is due yet. If you don't pay your statement in full by the due date, whatever debt remains will start to accrue interest. You should be able to easily find your statement closing date and your payment due date either on your monthly bill, once you log in online to your account, or even in your credit cards app. Now that you understand the concepts of billing cycles, closing dates, and due dates, let's dig a bit deeper. If you make a purchase right after the closing date, meaning at the beginning of the next billing cycle, this will give you the maximum amount of time before the payment for that purchase is due. In episode two, we discuss the second biggest factor that makes up your credit score, which is your utilization rate meaning how much of your available credit you have charged up. The amount reported to credit bureaus is your statement amount, meaning how much you have charged up on the statement closing date. So if you wanna game the system, pay your balance off in full before the statement close date, and you will have a utilization of zero or near zero. I'm such a nerd that this is what I do. I pay my statement off in full before my statement closing date. Another tip is that most card issuers will let you change your closing or your due date. This can be beneficial if you want to line it up with your paychecks or at least get all of your cards on the same schedule. So let's make sure that I covered Eden's questions. Question number one is, do you use your credit cards for every purchase? The answer is yes, I do for a couple of reasons. 
One, the purchase protection of credit cards is much stronger than debit cards. If someone fraudulently used your debit card, that money is gone from your checking account, and it could take days or weeks to get it back. With a credit card, you have the benefit of the rest of the billing cycle and the grace period to get it sorted out. The money has not left your bank account yet. And the second reason why I use credit cards for every purchase is the rewards. The rewards that I get from regular credit card spending have provided my family with free flights, free hotel stays, and cash back. No debit cards offer those kind of perks. All right, the second question was, do you pay the balance off all at once or do you pay off each purchase separately? As you can see from the previous discussion, your purchases from inside of a billing cycle get lumped together on the closing date, and this lump sum needs to be paid off by the due date. I have automated payments set up that pay the balance in full by the due date. But like I mentioned before, I'm such a nerd that I pay off my credit cards every couple of weeks just because. Okay, let me leave you with some commandments of responsible credit card use. Commandment number one. Always pay your credit card bill on time. If you miss a payment or are late, you'll get charged a fee and it will make your credit score drop. Number two, always pay your entire statement balance every month. Set up auto pay to ensure that this happens. If you pay any less, the remaining balance will start accruing interest and the banks will be beating you at the credit card game instead of you beating them. Number three, do not overspend. Set a budget and stick to it. Spend on a credit card as if you were spending with cash. If you overspend, then once again, the banks are beating you at the credit card game. And my final commandment, number four, use your credit card rewards. Don't be a points hoarder. There are people all over the internet bragging about the millions of points that they've racked up. Here's the problem. Credit card companies change their point system often, usually for the worse. So use your points before the issuer devalues them. All right, those are my commandments of responsible credit card use. If you can't follow these commandments, then please stick to cash or debit cards. Let's check in on the PSA around the web. If you've bought something only to see the price drop right after, don't worry, all hope is not lost. I covered this on a recent video that I posted to Instagram and TikTok. Let's watch. All right, we've all been there. You make a purchase, you shop around for the best deal, and then you check back a week later and the price has dropped. I feel your pain. The good news is that many of the major retailers will offer what's called price protection. So if the price drops, they will give you a refund on the difference. Now, price protection isn't offered by every store. It's offered by the biggest ones. Walmart, Target, Home Depot, for example. And usually you have a deadline of, say, 14 days. So after you make your purchase, check back within that two-week period to see if the price drops at all. In addition to price protection, some of the big retailers also offer price matching, meaning if you find a better price from one of their competitors, they will match it. When it comes to price matching, retailers will have an approved list of other vendors that they'll match. For example, Best Buy will match places like Amazon, Target, and Walmart. 
Alright, so make sure you take advantage of price protection and price matching to make sure that you get the best price on your purchases. If you'd like to follow me on social media, my handle is the PSA Damien on all platforms. Thank you for tuning into episode five of Your Money on Easy Mode. Your homework is to learn when your credit card's closing and due dates are and to set up auto pay. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate it on whatever app you're using to listen and tell a friend about it. See ya. Thanks for listening to Your Money on Easy Mode. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe and share it with a friend.